coming up on this episode of The Hive Life. For me, I've I probably noticed it like right upon graduating from like high school. And, and this is this is when I realized I was like, oh, writing is a key. Like it'll open a door. So I was struggling to um, get the money to go to college without like ending up with like a massive amount of debt. Um, and so I wrote uh, an essay for an academic scholarship and got forty thousand dollars. I said, wow, is this easy? It's this easy, right? Um, and then I found like throughout my career, like writing just, it, it kept showing up as like this superpower. Welcome to The Hive Life, where we pull back the curtain on Spherical Media, a company based in Charlotte, North Carolina, with a team of former journalists that create beautiful, impactful stories that connect with your audience. Welcome inside our podcast studio in the south end of Charlotte. This is The Hive Life, and I'm Jared Latch. I'm excited once again for our guest on this episode. We connected about a month ago through mutual colleague and had a really enjoyable conversation. So here we are with, with Hope Rivers, and Hope, it's great to have you here as a guest. It's nice to be here, Jared. Thank you. So let's start with your background, which always seems like a normal spot to start, because you spent time directly connected to uh, education and now as a full-time writer for yourself at Hope Writes. Give us the highlights of your professional background to this point. I'd like to say I'm glad that you used the keyword highlights because my professional background has been very lengthy. Not all of it has been relevant, but more recently, um, I would say maybe in the past five years, uh, a lot of my roles have been writing intense. And so I started off with career writing in a nonprofit, the Men's Shelter of Charlotte, um, really helping them to gain stability. Uh, using a resume document as their tool to really like create a better situation or circumstance for themselves. Um, and then from there, I went on to move with, with uh, children at Classroom Central, where we don't work directly with the children, but we work for them. And so it was my job to create all of the communications that went out to the teachers. And so that was pretty writing intense with a really wide audience. You know, it seems like now everybody's an author. In, in these days in some capacity because the online space self-publishing has opened up a whole new frontier for people to share words. And I want to hit that because words matter, like you've said, and, and we've all heard that since we've been in school, that words matter. And I'll let you take it from there. Yes. Um, so words definitely matter. It's interesting that you um, made the comment that now it seems as if everyone has to put on like their author hat, no matter what they do. Um, and that's both good and it can be like a little problematic. Um, there is a term that I use, I call it microwave content or microwave writing. I'm like, oh no, it seems like you just whipped that up, you know? Um, and so I think really trying to create something that is quality or high quality um, tends to be the challenge, I think, um, with the idea of everyone being an author. But I do think it's, it's, it's liberating to be able to add that to whatever it is that you're doing um, now that we're in a content a content-heavy, um, I guess for lack of a better word, help me out, a content... A, heavy, a, heavy environment, world. We're just world. in that We're now. just surrounded by yeah, it. Yeah, and it just kind of popped up um, all of a sudden. But yeah, words matter. I would, I would just say be, be careful how you, how you craft it, right? Because when it's not quality, I think that people can tell. And when it is quality, they can tell. They're moved to action. Now, the process of, of script writing and writing in general, you know, I've written plenty of stuff. I used to work in television, so I was used to scripting, scripting stories and all those things. Getting a script started can be a really big challenge. So on your side, 
what does that initial process look like or trying to kick things off? Um, I would definitely say don't start without a framework, right? Uh, script writing isn't one of those things. And really writing in general, we should always start with a, with a framework. But script writing in general, you definitely want to um, develop the flow, right? And then you can kind of go in and plug in um, the, the gray areas for the most part, but really understanding like what you want the message to be and what you ultimately want the audience to do once they've experienced your script or your writing um, is really important. So just starting with the end in mind, I, I hate to use that, but in it makes actuality, sense. it makes sense, especially um, in writing. <laughs> so what are some of your favorite topics uh, to write about? I know you've gotten into commercials and things like that recently, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But sort of topical or types of projects, which ones get you really excited and revved up? Um, I want to say the ones that inspire people to be like better, just to be better humans, right? And so I'd like to think that a large portion of my career and the reason that the 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 initial part of my career, um, I kind of hopped around. I think I was just looking for something that was meaningful, right? Um, and so I think, uh oh, I lost my own point. <laughs> I just lost my own. You were point. talking about uh, all this work and trying to figure out oh, right, you know, right, what right, you're going right. to be passionate about. And you asked what I was passionate about, right? So I just want to say maybe like developing messaging and, and, and words that inspire people to just be better, to be a better human. And I think that I've found that ability, right? I have the freedom to do that in writing, whether it's writing a script or whether it's writing um, something that's not so commercial. Um, but still people are going to read it, right? Copies everywhere. So like, um, I always use an example and I'm like, I read the hand tags or the hang tags <laughs> that come on my clothing, right? When it tells me where it's sourced in it and all of those things like matter. There's a little bite-sized story there. There's a little bite-sized story and I'm the bite-sized story reader. I read it on the back of my cereal box. I read it on the back of my oatmeal box. I'm, I'm always like kind of processing that. Um, and I don't know how many people are doing that, but I just like being a part of that process, right? Just inspiring people to, to do better and with whatever their choices are, whether it's food or lifestyle or clothing, whatever it is. Now, writing for video is, it's different than just the traditional script writing. Explain how that has been different. Has been different. Um, uh, I want to say it's, uh, it's the number of people, I think, that you, that's, that's involved in that process. Um, and so when you are, so typically for script writing, I, I work with an agency. So um, they have a number of moving parts. I think maybe just trying to adjust to having more hands on the project um, is the only thing that's probably different. Because at the end of the day, it's just you're crafting a message and you're hoping that this is the action that you get um, from the message. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to say that script writing and, and for video, um, is just different for me in that regard, right? Just a, a few more people on the team that you kind of have to all get in alignment. <laughs> and, what's, and what's neat about that is that the visuals come later. So they're developing it around your script and your vision, which has got to be pretty neat to see because you come up with that idea. They give you a, an idea or basic concept of what they want to build around. Yeah. You build it. Then you get to see this thing come to life. Yeah, the, the finished project is always kind of like, oh, this is exactly what I was thinking. And I think that that's really cool. Um, the first commercial script that I wrote um, and then things kind of took off from there was one for BMW. And I just remember like really having to do that on a whim. I had no time whatsoever. 
Um, and so I was I was happy with the script, but I was like, man, are they gonna understand where I was coming from? Are they gonna feel it? And when I finally saw all of it together, I was like, oh, they felt it. They got it. <laughs> so that's good. It's nice to know that that um, that you know words can be the starting point. Sometimes we think it's backwards, right? Where visuals mm -hmm. is where you start, but words matter. They do for sure. And I remember you can go both ways, but you know, scripting for commercials and ideas blossoms into visuals and vice versa sometimes. And I want to talk about the, the great importance these days of delivering a message in a, in a concise format. Why is that so important and what makes it difficult to attain? Okay, so I, I think let's talk about maybe why it's so important. So I, I don't know, maybe in the past, what, five years, would you say things have become like increasingly digital now? Like, and instant like, gratification. Yeah. Quick. Oh my gosh, it's Instagram, it's Snapchat, it's TikTok, it's all these things. And um, I, I think it's caused our, I call it the limbo pole. Um, it's causing the attention span, right, for humans to like <laughs> to decrease um, dramatically. And so I think that um, we used to be able to like make these really drawn out points and now we just really have to tighten it and then you have to tighten it again because you're working with a, a shorter attention span. And so if you really want um, to, to use messages that will inspire the type of action that you want or you want, you want to create that kind of message, you just, you're going to have to learn how to say it concise because if you say it long, you're never going to get to the call to action, right? And so, and so um, at the end of the day, the, the message isn't, going to get you the results that you wanted. And is that hard for you? I mean, do you, do you sometimes sit there and think, I've got a lot more I could add to this, but I got to fit it in this little window and try to <laughs> convey this thing in this bite-sized um, segment? Yes, absolutely. And so I normally, I always have notes with me, especially if I have to do something like this, not necessarily a podcast, but any type of interaction <laughs> in general where I'm speaking instead of writing, because I tend to ramble. And so I try not to be like a rambler, um, but yeah, it definitely can be hard. I'm working on a historical, um, project, right? It's a script, but it's talking about a historical part of Charlotte or a historical community or neighborhood in Charlotte. And there's so much I want to say, and there's so much I can't say. And I'm like, oh man, trying to pick and choose between what is relevant, um, is just trying to weigh it out can be a little cumbersome, but I mean, it's, it's the job and it's what you do. You just hope that the that the way that you've kind of tightened it up in the end, um, that the message is still as, as heavy and compelling as you'd like it to be. I know how you feel on that side because we experience that here at Spiracle when we capture X amount of minutes of interview sound and you may have multiple people and you have to pare down all that audio to fit into a 45 second, minute, minute 30, maybe, maybe two if you can flex the ceiling a little bit and get more in. So it, it does become tough yeah. because you always think like, wow, that was a good one too, but you've got to take the very best of what you have and put that forward. So I guess it's, it's good that we have an abundance of stuff to choose from. I want to hit on loyalty because that's really a central piece of engaging with and having a relationship with consumers of your product or service from a, from a brand perspective. So how can you inspire that with what you do? And do you have any examples you could share? How do you inspire loyalty with what it is, what, which is writing, with what it is that I do? Um, I want to say one of the things that I tell my direct clients, the agencies typically know it um, and they lay it out in front of me so I don't have to kind of go through the process of, of finding the, the right language or finding the language of your audience. But I tell my direct clients, um, let's use the language that your 
audience uses, right? Because language is a means to connect and we can use that to inspire loyalty, but we have to let them know that we're one of them, right? We get it. We are just like you and, and here's what we're doing. And we hope that it inspires you, right, to action. And so I definitely think that, um, that as it relates to, to loyalty, language is directly, um, directly related to that. Um, examples, examples. I'll, I'll tell you something funny that I read just the other day. Um, and they said trying to speak in the same language as the this new generation that we have, right? <laughs> that we might be ten or fifteen I don't even years know older than what that language is right now. So you can you, you can impart some wisdom on no, me. No, no wisdom there. You know what it said? It said, "Do not enter if you do not know what you're doing." Now right? we'll just turn around. Yeah, if you don't have a child that's that age, if you don't have a direct contact um, with that particular audience. They're like tread lightly. Um, and I thought that that was funny, but it does, I mean, it was good advice at the end of the day, right? Like um, they talk about brand voice a lot um, and brand voice helps as it relates to inspiring loyalty. Um, but you, you know, brand voice is something that's tricky, right? So you just kind of have to know where your lane is as a writer. So for me, um, I have multiple brand voices, right? But but the, the new generation of, of uh, 18 year olds and 15 year olds, that's that's not me. Right. And so you just kind of have to know where you fit um, in there. Yeah. As it relates to loyalty. So where are you finding the greatest opportunity right now? I know you've been intrigued and you're pushing more toward the, the video side of things and you're enjoying that. Where is your work going right now? Are there just pockets of activity, maybe from an overall uh, multi industry standpoint? Mm hmm. Um, I want to say right now, as I think about like my week, right? So today is Thursday. And so this week, um, I worked with a private investigator. Isn't that interesting? Um, I worked with another video production company that, that focuses on creatives, nonprofits, and the arts. Um, that's their space. Uh, I'm working with a, with a, uh, a consultant that works with developers so that they don't go into communities and kind of disperse all the people or like displace all of the people. It, it's really all over the place. Um, and then I'm going to end the week with a resume for someone that works for federal government. Like writing is really vast and I appreciate that. Um, but right now I'm finding the most opportunity with the video production agency. And I think it's because everyone's trying to tell their brand story, especially since less people are out during COVID, they're shopping online and we're trying to find ways to like really connect with some of these online retailers um, and brands. So now everyone's telling their story. So I've, I've, I wanna say that I've probably found the most um, ongoing work, flowing work with the, with the video production agency, yeah. Now you're very passionate about writing and literacy. That's obvious, that was obvious the first time we talked and it's, uh, it's infectious, contagious, however you wanna say that. Where does that passion come from? Or where did you know, at what point in your life did you say, you know what, I want to make an impact through writing? I want to make an impact through writing. I think um, for me, I've, I probably noticed it like right upon graduating from like high school. And, and this, is, this is when I realized, I was like, oh, writing is a key. Like it'll open a door. So I was struggling to um, get the money to go to college without like ending up with like a massive amount of debt um, and so I wrote uh, an essay for an academic scholarship and got $40,000. I said, wow, awesome. is this easy? It's this easy, right? Um, and then I found like throughout my career, 
like writing just it, it kept showing up as like this superpower. And so it was a, a case where I was the only candidate for a, a position that was competing without a master's degree. Everybody else, all six, seven, seven of them were all lined up in the room together and they all have master's degrees. And I'm thinking, girl, you know, you're here, but you might just want to, you know, you might want to exit now. Right. Because <laughs> just the degree alone isn't going to compete. And I got that position. I got that position. I came in with testimonials. I came in with a with a statement that helped them to understand how passionate I was about the work. And I landed that job, right? <laughs> and so I thought that, you know, this, this writing thing could really be it. And then I realized later, um, after writing for other people, just like kind of assisting them without a commercial capacity, that it was causing them to, to also be able to like get a little farther, right? And I was like, okay, this might be it. <laughs> I wish that a light bulb kind of went off uh, the way it should a little earlier in my life, but I'm grateful now to have to found writing and the copywriting space in particular. So I'm happy about that. No, I mean, I even look at the power of writing at really a, a foundational level, even in cover letters for resumes. And we do this, and I've looked at plenty of cover letters for resumes, and people have done a very poor job. Individuals, if they don't have somebody like you behind it to help them out. But I've just discarded, I've not even looked at the rest of a resume if there's a very poorly written cover letter. And, and I don't know if that's fair or not, but that's a first impression is that cover letter and they may have a great body of work that doesn't even get seen because they at least didn't have somebody else proof. Yeah, just have somebody else look at it and help you and, and get through. But it's, it's not a good first impression that, that we look at it and get you, that thing just totally discarded, especially when you have you know, two or 300 of these things you need to look at. You're trying to work yeah, as fast as you can. Yeah, it just weeded out so. quickly from a cover letter. So for young writers out there, and others maybe looking to improve the impact of their writing, what are some best practices that, that you could share with them? For young writers who are trying to improve the quality of their writing? Well, even that, or just get started, and, and for maybe others that feel they're more veteran writer, continue to improve. Um, I would definitely say that one of the things that um, helps me as a writer more and more uh, is just reading, right? So the two are very much intertwined, um, but they help you to understand how to write for different um, audiences based on what it is that you're, you're reading, right? And maybe the, um, let's see, what the easiest way is to just... We'll just rewind because now I'm about to ramble. Like I told you, I, I generally, I told you I'm sometimes guilty of rambling, but I would just say reading is directly connected to writing. And so you really just want to um, take in as much of other people's writing as you can and make it diverse if you choose to go into a career in writing. So that means you shouldn't be reading the exact same kind of thing but you really want to um, switch it up. And I find that that's really helped me, especially as I take on new projects that may not necessarily be um, something that I'm incredibly like well-versed in. Just being able to tie that to something that I've already read helps me to understand how to set a framework for it um, and to get it rolling in the right direction. As it relates to um, youth who might like go to school for, for marketing or writing in that space, I'll definitely say um, just... Make yourself aware of how 
met much opportunity like exists in the space. So it used to be that when I was younger, I thought a writer only wrote for magazines and they only wrote books. I didn't realize that all of the things that I was compelled to read, like the back of the cereal box and the oatmeal box and the hang tag, all of that was copy. I didn't discover that until a couple of years ago, that there were people who just sit around writing copy. And so I think that um, one of the things, one of the injustices that we do with our young people is kind of putting them in a tight box um, as it relates to what you can do as a writer or as a marketer. It's a really vast space. So I want to finish with some rapid fire questions. And we do this at the end of our podcast. Uh, so here's the first one of four. Outside of work, what keeps you moving and motivated? Moving and made motivated outside of work. Um, hmm. I want to say, um, I think creativity, just in general. I have a twin sister um, and we have a jewelry company uh, together. She's a fine artist. And so I think just having some type of creative portion of my life, aside from writing, which has now become increasingly commercial for me, <laughs> um, you can imagine, I think that that kind of keeps me going, having a creative outlet. During the pandemic, what's one thing you learned about yourself that you didn't know before? Uh, I really need to get out of the house daily. <laughs> I really need to get out of the house daily. Uh, that's, that's a big thing for me. So I realize I tend to be a little hyper, and that's just kind of my spirit. Um, and so the idea of, of being in one place all day was a little hard to, um, to manage. But eventually, I, I got to appreciate it. But if I had to choose my home or leaving my home every day, I'm going to leave my home every day. <laughs> where do you get your inspiration from? Um, where do I get my inspiration to write? Hmm. I think it can be a variety of things. Um, I just really enjoy telling people's stories. And so if I sit down with a brand um, or like a small business here in, in Charlotte to write there about us or to write like why you should do business with them, I find myself... Um, pulling a lot of the questions from the founder, right? Just to get a better understanding of who they are. And then I blend that into the writing. And I'm really passionate about like hearing people's stories um, and now telling people's stories. Yeah. So last one for you, leave us with a fun fact that most people wouldn't know about you. Something you enjoy, can be a hobby. Uh, fun fact, fun fact, fun fact. Uh, if you play any reggae or soca or Afrobeat, I go from being the wallflower to the girl in the middle of the dance floor. <laughs> it's like a switch. It activates. Yeah, it's the melody. It's the drum beat, maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, there's something magical about reggae. I can dig yeah. it, too. It doesn't matter where I am. It just puts me in a great place. And it brings us all together, right? So it's, it's good. Good vibes. For sure. Well, Hope, thank you so much. I really appreciated this chat here. And What's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they need your services? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can get in touch with me via my website, and that's www.hope-rights.com. Thank you. Good stuff. Thank you for being here. Thanks. I want to remind our audience that you can find more episodes of The Hive Life by heading to the podcast page of our website at spiraclebuzz.com. It's under the resources tab. And follow us on social media at Spiracle Media. For Hope Rivers, I'm Jared Latch. Thanks for listening and so long for now. You've been listening to The Hive Life, brought to you by Spiracle Media. Always remember, you can visit spiraclebuzz.com or follow us at Spiracle Media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We'll see you next time on The Hive Life.